energy troubles in marriage and what we can do about them. This is going to be a great episode, partly because you guys contributed so much to it. I so appreciate just hearing from so many of you about how your technology issues are going in your own marriages and relationships. In fact, I heard from 150 people and you guys said that television is not nearly the technology trouble you're having compared to your phones. And that was such a good piece of news for me to hear in terms of just isolating so that I could focus more on phone than on this episode thinking that TV or video games was even bigger for most of you. And trust me when I say this, I know video games can be trouble. I've worked with lots of couples. I know sometimes that's a trigger issue, but I also know those video games are a lot of the time on the phone. So we're going to be inclusive with video games and we're going to look at TV a little differently for now because most of you were not struggling with TV. And this is for all types, by the way. We heard from some types. I heard from more that said sevens and nines were having trouble with this. So we'll address some types in particular, but I really want you to understand all types are struggling with this and the research at large that we're going to be talking about as well, because I've done a lot of that and I've seen many, many, many studies on this topic that others have done. And it's all types. It's not just isolated research. It's everybody struggles with tech right now. And because we're still at what we hope is the end portion of quarantine, we're really seeing the struggle even more because more than 75% of you said that quarantine has made your tech struggles even more difficult. So I want to let you know that I get that and I hear that and that's why we're talking about it today. So whatever your type, whatever your spouse's type, today you're going to hear about not just problems, you're going to hear about solutions and you're also going to hear about the great things that tech does bring us because let's face it, since the industrial revolution of the early 1900s, we've seen some amazing things from tech too. So I want to start out with a bit of a personal story and confession since I struggle with tech too. And I was so sad when my son came up to me during the beginning of quarantine and he said, mom, and he and I share Lord of the Rings references. And he said, mom, I really want you to know that I think your phone is like the one ring to rule them all. And I'm like, no, that is so sad for me to hear that you think of my phone as that for me. And I was on my phone a lot at that time. I was information seeking 100% in my six wing. Some of it I was doing for research for the show just so I could distract myself and be healthy for myself and knew that when I go into that focused five mode of research, I feel so healthy and good. But my family was feeling like I was absent and my husband said it too. And we're a one and a seven. So we're pretty good about really respecting each other's work. And that's one of the things I love about my husband is we don't get on each other for working because we respect it so much. 
But when he said it too, and my sweet son said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I really have to look at this. So I did start then really noticing my quarantine behaviors had shifted and changed. And I know that's so much easier when you have kids in a way because they give such good accountability. And I heard from a ton of you on the DMs and you guys told me the same thing that sometimes it's your kids who say, mommy, no phones at the table. Or they say, I really want to spend more time with you talking. And some of you have kids who are also in that bracket of doing the same thing. So one of the ways that I really was able to shift in that story is not just by feeling sad, because the sadness really didn't stay long. And I found myself going back into that cycle of the dopamine receptors being triggered. So it really had to be, and I'll talk more about that as we get into some of the research on why we information seek as humans, but really what had to shift was behaviors. I had to really just decide that I would make a shift in my behaviors with my phone and go back to some of the practices I knew were helpful pre-quarantine and move into those. And then I also was able to look as an observer on the rest of my family. And my husband's probably the best one of us for moderation with the phone. Being a one that may be a one thing, but I also know a lot of ones who use the phone as a de-stressor and I know he does too, but I didn't feel a sense of I need to really have a marriage issue on this one because I think I was quite a bit worse than him. I actually did see it as a kid issue, though, because my son also called out my daughters and I together over quarantine. And he said, you know, the girls are on the phones as usual. One of them had just gotten her phone and the other one had one that she was very responsible with, I thought, before quarantine. And I just felt so sad for him that he was saying it as a, I'm noticing this about you guys. And he was so sweet. I was listening to it. I was simultaneously reading my favorite coach's book, Val Burton. I didn't know she had even written this book. But when Black Lives Matter came out, I was looking to her as my favorite life coach to help me because I know that she was African-American and I was thinking, I wonder what she recommends. And I saw that she had a new book out. So I was actually simultaneously being convicted by her too, because she was sharing in her book, It's About Time, The Art of Choosing the Meaningful Over the Urgent, about how we spend about five years of our lives on social media on average. And so it really helped me to say to my son, you know what, I noticed that too, and I don't like that. And let me take some thought with that and some time with that. And he was so polite. And he's like, oh, no, I was just joking. Like, I don't even mind. I was just noting it. And I said, no, but you were actually noting something that I'm being convicted about. So being honest and forthright is one of the things we'll talk about today. But I wanted to start with that story because I also wanted you to have that book reference because she's excellent at helping us to understand what's really going on when we just pick up those phones without putting intention behind it. So it's one of my favorite things to do. If you're on my newsletter list, you know, every single week I end with love living intentionally with you because I think that is so key. And I just absolutely adored that finding her book again during this midst of just really sadly that so many people don't understand the concept of the Black Lives Matter movement, but finding that she had such grace and poise and direction and reminding us that even on those 
days when we're feeling burnout and that quarantine had already done us in and now we were hooked to those phones that we could make the best of our social media time, but also the permission to put things down and say, I'm done with media for a while. And just to hear that from a black woman, I think was very powerful and healing for me to say, okay, I'm awkwardly walking forward, listening, learning, but how beautiful that Val was on the Today Show and that she was able to speak into my life personally. So I hope that her book, It's About Time, is something that you can look at too if you really need that conviction more. But this episode, I'm sharing a ton. So maybe this will be just what you need to get kickstarted on better ways of managing your tech time. So we're going to talk a little bit about how the different types can get into trouble with tech. And I need to really remind you, like I said, that aside from the sevens and the nines, the sevens being more like me wanting stimulation and wanting to research like fives, sixes sometimes want to check in on people. This is very typical thought triad behavior, but the sevens are getting caught up in, I think, the addictive levels of how good that feels to have those dopamine receptors firing because human beings, even in their primate days, needed to seek information and it was good and it feels really good to do that. But now we have endless information and in social media, there's no end to it because I can go from Instagram to Twitter, to LinkedIn, to Facebook, to Messenger. I can find so many routes, bunny trails just from human connections, but I can also find so many other ways to connect with research. I can say, oh, I have this or that. There's always a new podcast each week. What am I going to be researching for that? So there's endless bunny trails and information seeking, but what's really important to remember is if we don't take time to pause and to store that information and really do something with it, it's pointless and fruitless and there's no bottom to it. I mean, you and I both know that we're targeted on ads so specifically. So it's really important that you remember whether you're a seven seeking that information or in the thinking triad doing that, or if you're a nine and you're numbing out to anger issues and feeling sad and depressive and like your voice doesn't matter, that's not healthy for you guys. And remember, nine, you're a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. So when you see the memes rolling around of each type, remember those memes are for somebody who's at their unhealthiest state. It isn't a, a placard for you to say, oh, that's me. I love chilling and watching Netflix all night every night. It's really more of a reminder of when you're super, super stressed, that's a comfortable place for you, but it's not a great place. It's kind of like me as a seven going, oh my gosh, I love when I'm scattered and my room's a mess and I can't find anything and I've overbooked myself and I'm exhausted. It's like nobody thinks that's attractive. So nines, you have to remember that nobody really wants you because it's not attractive, because it's not fulfilling of your mission in life to always chillax. You've got to remember your phone is really important as a vehicle for getting your voice out there and for sometimes being part of your life, but not always. So with my family, what we did for that is we ended up giving ourselves some time consideration so that we could track our time better. And I'll share those in a few minutes. One of the other hurts that we have with internet is in marriage, sometimes even with a spouse who's 10 years older or significantly older than the other spouse, or like I said, in my home, female usage more than male usage, we find that with these age or generation gaps or gender gaps, that we have people not connecting as much because 
If it's two girlfriends, you might say, oh yeah, my best friend and I can chat all day on IG and we can just be in our DMs and we can move around together on social media and it's totally fine because we're quickly processing, but you might be missing out on really valuable time in your marriage relationship because you're spending all your time with a friend and the generation gap could be that you're thinking, oh my gosh, I want to text my spouse all day and they're thinking, I'd really like a call because I'm a little older than you and in my generation, we appreciate voice more. So think about that even between your parents, your in-laws, and find out who your people are and how they like to use tech and you won't have as many problems if you respect how everybody in your system likes to use tech, not just you. So please make sure, especially since this is a marriage podcast and that's my passion, that you think about how you and your spouse move with tech. I also want you guys to understand that we basically spend that average of five years of our lives on social media. That's not to say that we don't have a lot longer of that on the computer each day because most of us do work from a computer. I know right now I'm doing a lot of Zoom sessions and that's probably not going away. It was mine before quarantine and it's still here. And I like that, but it's a lot of screen time. That doesn't even include that when we look at the studies that say you'll probably spend five years of your life on social media. So that might be fine for you. And you may say, I love that. But if you really think about whether that's attractive to you, I think you'll probably realize like me, you don't want that. And when we reduce the time to just an hour or two a day, we decrease that time by about half. So you could say, well, two years of my life makes me feel a little bit better. Now my kids, when I told them that statistic, my daughter said, mom, this is really sad because with our generation, it's the teen generation so much worse. It's basically that kids spend six to 12 to 15 hours a day on the social media itself. So you've got to understand this is years off their life, 10, 15 years. So please be careful if you're, and I think a lot of you are younger than me, that you're maybe even at more risk of losing even more time actually of your life. So be mindful of that. That's a problem for most of us. There may be a few of you who are like totally fine with that. I also want you to know with tech, another one of the problems is the nonverbal factor because nonverbals make up 70% or so of communication. It's really important that you guys understand that communicating nonverbally is something that you need to fill in the gaps with because of that factor. People don't always understand what you're saying when you're texting them and they may feel like, oh wow, you really hurt my feelings. And you're probably thinking now of somebody in your life that you know who's literally like, the worst at understanding what you're trying to say via text. So just remember that something that I really enjoyed with my assistant, Olivia, when we were having a ton of things to talk through with one of our lunches and she started to use the voice to text, she started to really enjoy just those little audio recordings you could do. That helped. It's still tech, but it really reduced some of the nonverbal things that I was getting confused on and vice versa with her. And also Elisa Taylor, who I'm doing a fun upcoming project with. I'll tell you a tiny bit about it at the end today. She had the same thing with me where she's like trying to explain an art project and she's like, hold on, I'm just going to go through messenger and I'm going to use that voice recording. So I know I've talked on here before a little bit about how we can use Marco Polo and we can use Voxer for recording messages to our spouses who 
feel distant from us or are distant or are traveling, but it's also important that you remember how to address the nonverbals because they can cause a lot of problems in relationships while you're texting. Another way that we can hurt each other through social media and through tech is through cheating on one another. It makes it so much easier to connect with old friends via social media. So having good boundaries about who we connect with and when we connect with them and password sharing is something that's really important. And I just want to remind you guys that many of you in the generation just below mine, Gen X is mine, and I'm right at the cusp of Gen Y and Gen X. But those who are millennials and uh, Gen Ys, you guys are, ba- and Gen Zs, of course, um, you guys are basically really in that gen where you have found love and some very positive things. So we're shifting in a moment to what are some great things about social media and tech. That's one of them. Sometimes you found your love that way, but you're also reporting being hurt by it more. And I'll share some research in the show notes this week so that you can actually look at some of this research yourself. But I want you to know that it's really important that you understand that the dating apps, I'm seeing clients go on them all the time, even at way before they're divorced. And it's just creating so many layers of issues for people who already have complex problems. And way better than that is to, of course, say to your spouse, we are having such major issues and I'm feeling really like I need to leave this marriage. So we need to do something about that. So super important that you don't just rush on over to wow, I need to go solve this with adding a third party into our relationship. But that's what's happening with some and some are worried about that. So I know that it's not only happening, but sometimes it's hurting people where it isn't happening because people get paranoid that it could be. So that is one more problem tech can create. And then of course, we know the lack of undivided attention. It's just hard to connect with a spouse and to be passionate when your spouse is staring at a screen. We don't multitask very well as human beings. We like to think we do, but we're better at double tasking. For instance, we can have a great conversation with somebody while we're doing something that doesn't require any thought like the dishes or very little thought, but it's much harder to research information while you're talking to your spouse or read a comment from a friend while you're talking to your spouse. So you've got to really understand that tech brings in a very divided mind and it's very obvious to everybody but you sometimes. Another thing that is difficult is once we do have the tech going and we are getting to that place of just the sensory enjoyment. And like I said, I wanted to give you that little heads up that people really enjoy that stimulatory quality of having the dopamine activated. So when you're at dinner time or otherwise, which a lot of you on IG wrote in how dinner time is such a trigger with those phones, it's so important that you understand you are now at a sensory deficit because you are getting this nice feeling inside of you. And now that it's taken away, you have to face your sadness, your anxiety, or your anger. So whatever you're in as far as triad for Enneagram, it's going to be waiting for you on the other side in even a more intense fashion than when you first got on your device. So you've got to be understanding that This is a very temporary and basic solution to a problem, but it's not a great long-term solution. And so 
I've been there with you guys. I got worse during quarantine, but I think we can all get better together too now that we're really facing this squarely. So if you made it through that list, yay, congratulations. You are understanding the problem and now we can get to solving it. And we can also understand what we can celebrate about media. So I'm gonna talk to you about how to first solve some of these issues. I got to some of them already just as we talked about the problems. But now with some of the others, I'm gonna let you know just have that inroads of what we talk about in some of my sessions with couples so that you can really get a sense for how the nitty gritty is handled in these kinds of issues when people are saying, I'm, I'm here, I'm invested in changing myself and growing and I get to see their progress. It's such a great feeling, but I'm inviting you into that now. So let's do this. And the first thing I want to start with is the solution that I said my kids and I came up with when we had really taken the time to review what was going on with ourselves. And for me, it was based out of anxiety. And for them, I think it was just based out of watching me and thinking it was normal to pick up the phones and to be on them all the time. Not only that, but their friends have through the day in a matter of an hour or two, they have 200 new messages every time. And both of my girls being withdrawing types, sometimes they say that sarcastically and they don't like it and they're like annoyed with it. So they often even say, oh, I left that group, but they invited me back in. They keep putting me back in. So it's a matter of just being a victim of circumstance. And we both know, we all know that that's not what we want for ourselves when we're at our best because people can put you anywhere they want you. You have to empower yourself to do what's right and good for you. So I think with me, it was, you know, just nervous energy that's always running through somebody in the thinking triad. And for them, it was a matter of being withdrawing type somebody else who was more aggressive. Like they have a lot of eight friends and I thought I would have a child like that. It's so interesting, but sometimes I think that you don't when you already have a parent like that, it's kind of like an every other generation thing in a way where they're like, no, mom, you're already enough for all of us. And so we are going to withdraw from you and we are best friends. So I think it's a good fit. It's just different than what I thought, but I understand their friends so well. And I'm like, you know, it's okay to set boundaries with your friends. They're just really having fun and they love to be social and they're really interested in talking and joking and arguing and debating together, but you guys can check out. You don't have to be pulled in every time, and I really give them a lot of permission to pull away and withdraw from our family time too because it's just life. I know that for them, and in fact, over the years as I've grown past 30, I really started to need that myself, so I really respect that. So their problem was solved by saying, what time frame should they really have access to a phone? How much do I as a parent think is reasonable for them to be on their phones? And I landed at one hour a day and my husband supported me fully on that. He liked it. He wasn't as worried about it. He isn't as home as often as I am. I'm in and out of sessions. I'm spending time with them. I'm, like I said, sometimes modeling the behavior. So I'm right there in the thick of it with them. And it was really starting to bother me and cause distress as a parent. So I thought 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, and 20 minutes in the evening, or however they want to space it out, would be a really good plan. And it worked so well. 
that they're actually really enjoying it and they're feeling more empowered over saying, oh, sometimes I want to add five minutes here. Is that okay, mom? And I'm like, yeah, like that's not the issue. The issue isn't a five minute. It's that it was sucking three hours out of your day or more. And I'm doing it with them more. I do spend more time on my phone by way of making a lot of appointments and adding Zoom appointments and going on IG. So I definitely am on more, but not nearly so much as I was because I've always been pretty good about leaving my phone in another room. I've noticed years ago that I can't handle the stimulation of triggers and rings going off all the time. So I don't answer my phone when it rings because I know 99.9% of the time I'm not going to be able to handle it in that way. And I, one of my nine friends actually made a funny meme when she became a mom that I loved so much. She probably didn't make it, but she found it somewhere and she's like, I'll call you back in nine years. You know, it was something like that. Like, I'm not going to have time to talk if you call me when I haven't had an intentional time set aside. So I have to do that. Although when my husband calls, I do try to get it because he's my best friend, my teammate, and we really do need each other to be present to each other. And if I can't, I'm not worried about it. And I just don't answer and I call back as soon as I can or I text that I'll call back. But he's safe for me to tell everything and anything too. And I can say, you know, right now I'm in the middle of something and he knows that when I'm in a session, he doesn't even try to call or if he does, he just leaves me a message. So we have respect and I hope you'll remember that for your spouse. But I wanted to give you the nitty gritty on what the kids and I had decided for them and also for me, how I handle and really leaving my phone in another room, turning the ringer off, making intentional choices, definitely not bringing the phone to dinner. And I'm not judging anyone who does but I'm just saying that would never work for me to feel relaxed. And I don't want to feel like I'm in research mode all the time. I want to have peace in my life. So sometimes with people like me who are in the thinking triad, um, what you can do is you can actually find a transition time to heal what's happened with their brain and that dopamine. And that's very important. So what I tell people is after you're done with your research, if you're like my kids, by the way, they don't need that as much because they just are enjoying this new factor and they're enjoying their summer more because of it. But with myself, like I said, I could be caught in and then feel like, oh my gosh, now the anxiety has returned. And you can reframe the anxiety as excitement all you want, which I do very well as a seven, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still there and it's not helpful because you don't need that all the time. So how I deal with that is after I'm done with the phone and the particular issue, I take some time, I set it down face down so I don't see any messages come in. And then I take a transitional time. Often it's a walk with my dog because I know that he's really nice to walk. He always appreciates a walk and he is a good transition for me. We don't have to go on a long walk and it gets me thinking, it gets me praying. And then I come back more present with my family. I also mentioned that during fitness week that I do that a lot after fitness where I take a transition time because it's important for me knowing how excitable I can be not to run in with too much exuberance and energy. So I think that's a really good way for five, sixes, and sevens and any of the rest of you who have trouble changing from the phone back to reality is just a transition time. Other fives and sixes and sevens that I know, clients of mine have really benefited from having a toy or doing some crochet. And of course, I crack up when I say a toy and 
I feel like couples are like, wait, what are you about to tell us? But it's basically like occupational therapy. Anyone who is in that field listening knows that sometimes we have to give somebody a sensory object to understand. And I know my sister is an OT and she's talked to me a lot about sensory issues and a lot of ones have sensory issues. So it's really important that whether you're in the thinking triad or a one, or you're just somebody who has a lot of intensity at a given season of your life or moment of your day, that you go ahead and grab something that could be helpful, like a fidget spinner of some sort that you like, or do some kind of very small movement with your hand where you're circling your forefinger over your thumb, some sort of self-soothing. Another way to do this maritally that I have couples do together is I ask the spouse who is feeling frustrated by their spouse's tech use to take their hands in theirs and to rub them or to ask them what would feel good on a sensory level for me to touch you right now. And it's a team effort because their spouse is doing a lot of thinking. They have gifts, but right now they're doing too much information seeking. So it's a way to help heal each other's trauma when we help each other out of our trigger areas. And it's kind of the same thing of somebody else saying, wow, you have a really emotional spouse who's crying a lot. What can you do? Maybe you can offer them a hug. And in this case, somebody who's really feeling overstimulated, but doesn't know how to break out of it with tech, offer some nice eye contact, some gentle words, some touch, and help them to have those five senses going, offer taste, offer that walk. So now you guys have some tools for how to address when your spouse is finding hard time with transitions, sometimes for the spouse who really can't let go of the phone, and I see this with threes a lot, I say, bring it to the dinner table if you have to, but find an app or an internet program which allows you to be in control of trying to find family conversations you can have, dinner conversation starters, and you're the one who orchestrates the game or trivia facts or dad jokes, something that's going to help you to get a chance to burn some energy that you're normally using and feeling anxious about with the phone. And it's perfectly okay to say to your family, sometimes I get anxious and it's fun for me to share a story or to do these cards with you or to read a story to you guys while you're eating from my phone. It's a way to connect. And while you're doing these kinds of things, you're interacting. So it blesses your family that you're part of their life and their story, even though you're feeling like, oh, I wish I could get off my phone altogether. I just want to let you know people in your family, if they see you trying, are very gracious. Just think about my sweet son, who's only eight years old, who was like, oh, no, mom, like, it's totally fine that you and the girls are checked out on your phones. It's like, no, it isn't, Jack. That's not okay. And I don't like the thought of that memory being burned into your brain of that's just the typical thing you remember seeing. Yes, I have that four part of me that is very ideal. And I know that's my seven and one as well, but I really, really love to have the ideals met. So that's how I'm doing it is I'm spending less time on social media intentionally. And my kids are doing it by trying to keep to about an hour a day and trying to find different pockets of time, even if it's not 20, 20, 20. So try to keep that going. I know my four before quarantine, she had a 15 minute timer on her Instagram that initially I had said, I want you to watch your time on there. And she's very driven and has a lot of activities, but she was still on it a lot. And then after I said that she found her way to that 15 minute mark and she loved to stick 
stick to it. So she had some boundaries she wanted to give to herself. And when you have a black and white thinker in your family, just make sure you follow up with some grace and say like, it's okay, nobody's perfect, but let's try to find something reasonable. So I gave her an hour and I think they're doing great with it so far. And plus I think they're getting their summer back because before that they were starting to feel so frazzled and discombobulated, which isn't even a problem I really talked about, but I think that happens to a lot of us too. And that was something that they said is being addressed because now they're doing things that they enjoy for the other parts of the day. And they're already doing things on their own anyway. They have a couple of hours of things they need to get done each day. And then they have during summer, a large chunk of the day that they get to choose what they're doing. And those times of the day are finding themselves to feel more like summer as children where they're like, oh my gosh, like this is actually making me be creative and rest. And I think the biggest word for my family is rest because they do lead a really big life through the school year. And that's just something that I think you probably do too, is you probably lead a really big life during various seasons of your year. So don't let your phone steal away time and make you feel really discombobulated. I also want to let you guys know you can text each other through the day and you can take some comfort in knowing that a lot of couples feel like their phones have helped them as well so that they can connect. And the research does show us that couples who text each other through the day can bring happier feelings together. I know I said pay attention to the generational gap there, but it just is nice to say like in the old days, if you called your spouse at work, it was more like a big deal. And some of you might remember that. Like I remember that when we only texted for really important things and I would page my husband when we were dating and it, it was a big deal if I called the airport where he was doing baggage claim and said, hey, can I talk to Wesley? And they were usually nice, like your girlfriend's on the phone. But now it's so much nicer that I know I can send him a bitmoji or a silly message or he loves to send memes or just like coupon conversations, things we need to say to each other through the day as a text because it reminds us we're on the same team and the more positive those messages are, it also brings us together with connection and fun. And some of you I'm learning from research are sending sex and texts and that's not varying between married couples and dating couples. So it tells me that you married people are having fun with each other and you're finding ways to connect. Some of you are even saying you're solving fights through your texts. So I am happy to share that there's some really good things going on. And I promised, yes, I would do that too, because there's so many great things about social media, especially because some of you found your romance this way. And a lot of us found each other on my podcast or my coaching through social media. So it's not like it's awful because you're learning things about your marriage, your life, you're finding jobs through your tech. I mean, you name it, you're using tech for it. And now my daughter's dual enrollment college classes are all going to be virtual. It's just making our life so much easier in so many ways. But that personal connection is so important. So I want to remind you guys just of a couple more things on this episode. First of all, it's not your spouse's job to fix you if you're struggling with infidelity issues on your phone. Your spouse won't know about this because you're being secretive and private about it versus you being loud to say, 
hey, I have a voice and I'm hurting in this marriage really bad and we need to do something about it. Instead, you're taking a route that's going to make things more complex. You're triangulating, you're finding your way to flirtations with other people. And though it's a temporary short-term fix, I want you to recognize it's not a long-term fix. It's taking assets away from your life together, time assets, quality assets of the relationship where you could be relating, flirting, finding out how to get back to a great place together, doing something, learning on your own, and overall not stepping into a relationship with somebody who wouldn't honor your commitment you already made to your marriage. Because think about it, as much as you're enjoying the flirtation part, you're getting tied in with somebody who really doesn't have a respect for that covenant you made with your spouse. So that's not healthy either. So don't blame your spouse for that. Instead, use your voice and be upfront and say, I realize that I've been letting tech take me into places and regions that are actually taking me farther away from marriage health. That's super important that you own that issue. And it's also super important that you find your way back to health because so many of you gave me specific stories. And I thank you so much for that. It helped so much with this episode. But you told me not just about the meal times or how you're using your phone to de-stress. And I'm trying to give you some transition times and reminders for how you can do that otherwise. But just don't forget the basics of self-care. Don't forget that you have to take that reroute when it's offered, which is your child saying or your spouse, hey, I've noticed you on this a lot. And if you're both on it a lot, it's probably going to be that little Holy Spirit reminder tapping you yourself and saying, wow, do you really want to spend five plus years on social media? So when you hear this, how you can change things is like I do, you can put your phone down flat, face down so you're not seeing anything. You can turn the sounds off and you can let somebody close to you know, hey, this is where I'm going or what I'm doing so you're not taking yourself into an emergency situation. Obviously, you want to be safe. But you can then take some time to really shift in your thinking. Because as a man thinks, so he is. That's a scripture that we can respect and know and appreciate that we've seen this from cognitive behavioral therapists and from the Bible that when you change your thoughts, you get healthier. So the first thing to do is address your feelings. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling jealous. I'm angry. And then understanding for a few moments through a journaling process or a verbal processing time alone what that really is. And you can't really expect a spouse to be able to dump everything. I always tell spouses of sixes, go ahead and try to take a few minutes to do this, but you can't always catch a spouse. Sometimes they're not at home. So you've got to really learn to do this yourself. And I've come a lot of, across a lot of people over time that say, I'm just not a journaler. And it's like, or I'm not somebody who likes to verbally process. And it's like, basically you're saying, I don't like to make healthy choices in my life because you have to at least shift mentally or on paper so that your thoughts have a chance to change. And how they're going to change here is you're going to say, wait a second, I was on the phone, but I just remembered now that I put it down that I'm really sad about this grief situation in my life. And here's what I'm going to do to memorialize that person. Or I'm remembering that I'm really sad about my marriage and I want to make sure that we take some time to mend it. Or I have a child who's going through an issue and I need to face that head on. So it's going to help you to take action in your life. It may be something that you can actually reframe in a healthy way without doing an action step. Sometimes that's the case where it's just 
you know, I am really blessed. I forgot for a minute and I was angry, but I chose to think just now about five things I love about my life or my marriage. And that was enough of a shift for me to get off the phone and distract myself. So that's really important that you do the work of shifting and balancing out your self-care, but you can't do it without those things. You cannot get off your phone easily if you're not going to take care of yourself. And if you're not going to choose to do that mental work, because otherwise you're just going to be feeling like, oh my gosh, I love that dopamine high I get. And in some cases we're hearing through studies that it's even more than a drug or alcohol or even sex. It's even more satisfying than that. So you really have to say to yourself, is this really more satisfying that I want this to be my new sex instead of going to bed with my spouse and becoming one flesh? I want to just chillax and be on my phone. And once in a while, the answer might be, yeah, that's awesome. I love doing that. And it really makes me feel peaceful. And I think that we all enjoy that every day to a degree, but to make it your God, to make it your best friend when you have an actual person next to you who could be actually your true best friend, and you could say those five years were now down to two, so you could spend those three extra years with your kids or your spouse, I just don't think that you're going to regret that. And I do think you're going to regret it if you're like, I spent those two years flirting with people online, or I spent those two years fishing for compliments on Facebook. And I spent that two years, you know, praying for somebody that's different, loving people that's different, but enjoy your social subtype and then let it balance out with your intimate subtype and your self-preservation subtype so you can get your sleep, so you can make sure that you are truly getting time together as a couple because this show is called Enneagram and Marriage for a reason. I really believe your marriage can help heal your traumas and that you guys can make each other better with your differences. So I want you to remember that and especially those who are involved in infidelity or chronic shopping or helping people outside of your family, even though your family internally needs to be addressed and looked at and loved on for their faults and for their great things. This is especially an episode dedicated to you because I want to live intentionally with you guys. I know we can make the world a better place starting in our own homes with our own lives and our own families and getting those balanced and then working our way out from there. So I'm super happy to have this chance to talk about tech with you. And thank you so much for being real and honest with me. And I hope you can see that I was being the same for you by saying, oh my gosh, I am part of this as well, but I'm really doing some work to make my life better when it comes to social media. And I wanna hear your stories too, so that I know if you're on that journey with me. Next week is going to be a very special anniversary episode, and I am doing this episode because my husband and I are celebrating our 19th wedding anniversary, and I'm teaming up with an amazing friend, Elisa Taylor, who is having her birthday celebration on the same day as our anniversary. In fact, she was at our wedding, so we're teaming up with a really fun Enneagram and marriage project that we hope you guys just love in honor of just our friendship and anniversary for marriage and also her birthday because it's going to be her beautiful artwork on display. So I hope you guys love it and that we have such a fun week talking about anniversaries and I'm going to do an anniversary contest. So be on the lookout for that and then let me know how your tech stuff is going. If you missed our freebie from last week, it's still up on at 
reflectionscc.com. That's my counseling and coaching center website, and you can find it there and get on our mailing list and find your way to more and more freebies and things that will help you hopefully to intentionally live well and to balance your life. Never ever worry if you have to come back to it because you're trying to live intentionally and stay away from tech for a while. So I will see you when you get back if that's the case. You know where to find me on my website if you need me at Reflection CC or at Enneagram in Marriage. And I will see you later. Have an amazing, amazing week with your family and with God. Bye-bye.